James Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to a special edition, probably the most special edition episode that we've ever had as a podcast. It's the Oddcast podcast with Dominic DeLeo, Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. If we do sound different, it is because we are now in a live studio. I lost my virgin. Oh, well, <laughs> wait. Congratulations. Nice. Thank you. So How we. Did you like him? Go ahead. <laughs> so we are live and uh in person for the first time since pre-covid um we've been doing this podcast for 100 episodes now this is episode 100 so a big milestone for us we decided that it was time to get in person have some food producer Corey is orgasming over a bon me right now yeah i'm gonna have to clean this couch <laughs> that's what i lost my virginity to <laughs> Upon me. That one. (laughs) (laughs) So we have some special... There's peanut sauce there. Special segments (laughs) planned for episode 100. We're bringing back some segments that we had in the past. The virtual thing was cool for a while, but like we said, episode 100, bring it back in person. A lot of sports going on, so we'll get those out of the way first, and then we'll take a little break, come back, do the segments to celebrate... 100 episodes of the Oddscast podcast. We would like to thank you, the listener, for making this possible. Without without you, this would all be nothing, impossible. We would just be talking into a void. So thank you to our loyal listeners. Yes, I mean, it is possible. Just no one would listen to it. It's a classic, if a tree falls in a forest, does anyone hear it? And we're the tree (laughs) falling. Can you hear yourself? I'm, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> what did that even mean? I'll be honest. Your contributions to this 100th episode have been absolutely awful. Yeah, we're gonna You're going on the bench. Maybe come back in a few minutes and figure it the fuck out. They took away my spider tack. I need to reassess. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Say thank you. It's episode 100. Going to keep on going and keep on trucking, but... These, these 100 episodes, we've had some good times, we've had some bad times, we've had some winners, we've had some losers, and we'll get into all that. But first, I know you guys tune in Wait, for... Wait, Danka. Don't we have a German listener? Danka. I we don't do. know what that means. Is that hello? Thank you. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. We have the Euro 2020s going on right now, even though it's 2021. We'll talk about that. We Brandy. have the NBA playoffs the uh, U.S. Open, and we'll start with that because this episode is going to be released Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. So if you're driving to work today, the U.S. Open's likely already started, but the odds are probably not going to shift around as much. You know, the, the first guys who tee off. And it's actually a West Coast. Yeah, um, they don't tee off till 9.30-ish. West Coast bias. Yeah, so, you know, Sorry to our German listener, um, but if you want to bet the U.S. Open after <laughs> listening to this, it's probably the middle of the night there. Um, <laughs> but for the East Coast listeners, and you know, we are a New Jersey sports, uh, the sports betting capital of the of the world, really. Yeah. Um, given that New Jersey is now ahead of Nevada in sports gambling uh, revenues, 
which may just mean that New Jersey's just bad at gambling, right? Because if the uh, state's winning money, possibly, yeah, a lot of a lot of jamokes here <laughs> just gambling, gambling their big, mo- their money away. Big public betting state, yeah. but U.S. Open, you're driving to work. It's nine o'clock. You want to put in some bets. The guys have not teed off yet. We'll go to Terry Takes, our golf extraordinaire. He gave you a 201 winner this season. He gave you a bunch of other really good picks. 125 or 150 even? Who is, well, I'm I think it's 150. It's 150. Stewart Sink. Stewart Sink. Yeah. The RBC. So, U.S. Open. This is uh, one of the majors this year. Going to Torrey Pines and, you know, I've seen a lot of about the rough being extremely U.S. Open-esque. You know, it looks like a normal U.S. Open. The last time the U.S. Open was played there was 2008 when Tiger Woods broke his leg or whatever and beat Rocco Mediate in the playoff. Mm-hmm. See, I did a little bit of research. There you go. I think it's the last 18-hole playoff at the U.S. Open. Which is... R.I.P. There's no more full playoff? No, I think it's five three or five hole aggregate now. We talked about it last year. If you yeah. don't remember, because I don't, uh, just go back a year and listen to, not even a year, just go back to November and listen to the podcast about the 2020 U.S. Open. Speaking of the U.S. Open and the rules um, and depictions of the U.S. Open, I watched the greatest game ever played with, um, with Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf, who plays... The guy, the amateur, I forget his name, to who wins the U.S. Open. Bobby Jones. Do you know what the aggregate... I'm actually going to look this up. Um, Francis Ome. Ome. Um, but the aggregate total score, like minus whatever, plus whatever. Um, can you guess what Francis's Ome's winning U.S. Open score was? Joe, you first. The aggregate? So for all four? Like what? what like if, you know... Like, let's say U.S. Open, Abraham Answer wins, and he's minus oh. one. Oh, plus ten. Uh, I'll say plus uh, eight. Plus twelve. Well, Not bad, I guess. So, um, the horrible depiction of the movie in terms of, like, the actual realism, because they're, like, making putts. The guy finished 12 over and won the U.S. Open. And that was, like, an outlier, Christine too. Green. Like, like last, like, in that time period, like, the winners are still around, like, even par. Um, but going, sorry, going ahead. Wait, have you seen the videos? I forget if I saw it on Instagram or Twitter. TikTok, where it's, like, the g- people would sprint for the winner's ball after he made it. <laughs> no. Are they real? <laughs> I don't guess you wouldn't know if you've seen it. No, I guess like you storm the court. Yeah, essentially, storm the green. Ex- yeah, they make the putt and everyone dives for the cup. Ima- Jesus Christ! I'll have to find it and send it. Imagine to you. breaking your fingers in the cup trying to get that ball. Sounds brutal. Let's back it up. U.S. Open 2021. Tory Pines. What I- what are the stats we're looking for here? Let's talk about the actual event first. Um, you know, traditional U.S. Open. A lot of tough rough, a lot of scrambling needed. Got a putt and just can't have blow-up holes. But usually the winner of this tournament is around even par. And it's one of the, the few tournaments that it's exciting to watch as an amateur golfer watch the pros look like amateurs uh, yes. for a little bit. So give us the layout of Torrey Pine specifically and what the course looks like and what it projects for this week for the 9 o'clock driver to work right now. Uh, just want to say, first of all, PSA to – 
professional golfers that feel the need to tweet about the rough. Like, I get it. We all get it. The rough is thick. We You do this every year. I think it started with Kevin Na a while ago. I think at Aaron Hills, and they made him cut it down. And then Brooks Kepka shot 16 under. Um, we get it. The rough stick. Maybe hit the green or hit the fairway. No one cares. No one feels bad for you. Uh, Torrey Pines, par 71, uh, 7,600 yards-ish, maybe close to 77. It, Farmer, they play, they play an event there every year. Farmers Insurance Open. Torrey Pines has a north and south course. They use both those courses for Farmers. Plays a par 72 for the U.S. Open. Traditional layout. Par 71, they turn one of the par fives into a long par four, and you're only playing the south course. Uh, it's You know, it's long. Torrey Pines' distance matters more than accuracy. Uh, Justin Ray gave out a stat that uh, over the past 40 years that they've played golf tournaments, Torrey Pines, 15 times a player has been outside of the top 50 in driving accuracy and won the tournament. And then on the on the converse, only seven times have they been inside the top ten. Which is Ooh. which is why that's a good stat because you think tough rough, you think you got to be in the fairway, and turns out it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, I mean, it, not every one of those tournaments was um, U.S. Open conditions. Like he's uh, he also like gave an example of Tiger Woods being dead last in the tournament in. Uh, average distance from the center of the fairway <laughs> in, 20 really? thir- in 2013, 2013, not okay. the U.S. Open, okay. and won by, you know, a handful of strokes. So uh, Torrey Pines favors favors the distance over the accuracy. But, you know, in terms of the strokes we're looking for, we're looking for strokes gained approach. That's usually the, the best metric for U.S. Opens, and especially for um, Torrey Pines uh, since 20. 20- 05, that's how I'm going to phrase it, 2005. I got caught up in the air there. Uh, 46% of the strokes gained by the winner were on approach. Hmm. Only 11% were off the tee. Hmm. Uh, so we're looking, we're looking at approach uh, coming, in, coming into the tournament. Obviously, scrambling is going to be important because you're not going to hit the green every time. You're not going to hit the fairway every time. But, you know, if you're, if you're looking for... Um, players to to key in on in that half hour gap you have between when you get to work and when they tee off. Uh, I would look, I would, you know, look at whatever database you're looking at uh, and look for guys that hit it far and you know are good can hit a good approach shot. Well, you look at the strokes greened approach um, this season. And it's like not even close. Colin Morikawa, one one point four five five average strokes gain approach uh, per round, and then Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, are in point nine five nine, point nine two three respectively, and then the, everybody else is below nine. So Morikawa's got like half a stroke lead over everybody else in that in that category. But I will say. He's a California boy. He Torrey is, Pines in California. He is a California boy. We should have not said that and asked Joe where Torrey Pines was. Now I know. Yeah, damn. It's on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Uh, San Diego, w- north or south California? Definitely yeah. south. Okay. 
Yeah, good call. Thanks. Um, but I will say, I have two points to make, and I'm not sure which order to make them in. Go with I'll point number two first. Time okay, relative. yeah. Okay, point number two is going to be Morikawa. Morikawa is, you know, the king of strokes gained approach. But in this tournament, very much like uh, Bay Hill, you're hitting long approach shots in, into the green. And Morikawa, I believe, ranks in uh, over one in, in the last 30 rounds, I, I think, over 150 or in like 150 to 170 range. He Sounds is. like a confident stat. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> he's like ranked like 160th on the PGA Tour. In terms of 200 yards approach shot. Okay. Uh, so, like so like, uh, so like, he's a, not bu- been like a buck, si- so a buck sixty in Andy's. If you're looking money. at that stat that you just said, strokes and approach, he looks awesome. But you're gonna be, it's it's a demanding course. It's gonna require that you hit, you know, 50 plus percent of your approach shots are gonna be 175 and up. Hmm. And he ranks right now. Bad. In like the 160 range of approach shot, long approach shots, we'll we'll phrase it as. Who's number uh, one on that list? Uh, who is number one? Or who are some players? Well, I go go to point. Paul, point. I think Paul Casey is number one. I fuck Paul Casey. Bryson is number two. Paul Casey looks Bryson, like the like guy. Paul Casey looks like the guy to bet every single fucking tournament. Never shows. I up. know he's been hot uh, on on the tout sphere, I'll call it. Is that a phrase that you just made up? Yes. Of like the tout circles, the golf tout circles. What is, how are you, spe- what is, is that like Slack or Discord? Like, what is that? Tout meaning like they're the touting. Pontificators of, of I picks. see, I oh. see. So tout, how do you spell tout? T O U T? Oh, I was going to say trout without the R. Yeah. Which is tout. Which yes. is what yes. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is what I'm just giving saying. it for the, you know, you got to get it a different way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> trout without <laughs> yeah. the troutosphere without the R. I'm fishing here, but it makes sense though, because like because every tournament, and this is good, the troutosphere. I like this trademark. It. Mm-hmm. Um, the troutosphere zeroes in on like four to five golfers, and that everybody's on. Yes, like I think Jason Sowell picked him for the Action Network. Joe's an half employer. Um, <laughs> not sure if they pay you or not. I get paid. Oh, wow. Nice. He does have a hat that he brought to the studio. That's true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like all, all, of the sh- all of the measurables are there to make you want to pick Paul Casey. And he's been playing awesome in majors. But do you want to pick him to win? I, I have trouble doing it just based on history because it's Paul Casey. So what's point number one? Uh, point number one is – that San Diego putting the French fries in the burrito is the greatest invention of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what you said. I, I, said I had two point points, and I, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know if they're related, is what you said. <laughs> I love that, though. I'm a big fan of like fries on sandwiches, though. The like fries and the burrito like is that. so good. Like a, a carne asada burrito with some French fries in there. I mean, oh. I, I love this. Well, idea. it's like similar yes. to like my favorite breakfast burrito ingredient, which is like hash browns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Omelets with hash browns in it. Great as well. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of out on that. Yeah, idea. me too. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try it. And that's not we're talking like burrito related yeah. things. All right. Well, we're, we're enough with the burritos. I'm sure San Diego has great ones. Um all right, moving on. Strokes gained approach. Anything else we need to be looking at in terms of 
statistics, advanced analytics before we get into who you like, which is more important. I mean, these people have been listening. It's been nine o'clock. Now it's now they're driving into the, the parking lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably want to wrap it up. It's true. They need to get into the bathroom to make their bets. Their yeah. morning poop. Um, I mean, last time w- there's been you know much to say about U.S. Open conditions different than the Farmers Insurance Open conditions. The only other time U.S. Open's been held here, 2008, like you said, Tiger Woods beat Rock Mediate. Same year, Tiger Woods won the Farmers Insurance Open. Mm-hmm. He had a history of playing well at Torrey Pines. So I, I don't think you can discount the um, history certain players have playing at Torrey Pines and just say, well, that, that's not – it doesn't matter because it's different conditions and they're only playing the south course. So, I mean, if you want, if you want to take that really small sample size of one U.S. Open in one year – and say, you know what, whoever won the Farmers Insurance Open won the U.S. Open. So, I mean, the guy that just won the Farmers Insurance Open was Patrick Reed, who I do I do like. He's got the scrambling game going. Um, he's been, I think, plus strokes around the green. Um, and he's, he's a guy that's, you know, he's gritty. He is a gritty guy. He may cheat, but he's gritty. Let's, um... The okay, so so bringing in zeroing it in right now on the guys that you like. Let's touch base first on the big storylines just to get them out of the way. Obviously, John Rahm's the favorite, little over ten to one. Everyone else is fifteen to one or better, um, or worse. It's the right way to say it. John Rahm had COVID when he was up six strokes two weeks ago, and now everyone thinks he's going to be back with a vengeance. Um, so that's the big storyline probably coming in there. And the other storyline is Bry- uh, Bryson and Brooks. Um, which I don't think really plays into anything this weekend because they are not playing together unless they're matched up in rounds three and round four. So I know you don't like betting anything under 15, 16 to one. So John Rahm, cross him off the list as far as your betting goes. But would you, do you think he's going to perform well? Does his game fit this course well? in terms of maybe throwing him, centering him, anchoring him in a DraftKings lineup or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think John Rahm is going to probably play well this week. He's won um, the Farmers Insurance Open before. Uh, I f- it is weird coming off of whatever 10 or 14-day quarantine. Uh, I'm not sure if he was allowed to play like practice or not. Um, but well, and, and I think he's gonna have like, like amateur golfers. He might he might come out fucking better than ever if he took it's some true. time off and it's reset true. his swing ticks. It's true. Um, but he was clicking at at yes. the memorial, <laughs> so uh, it, it could. I, I think I didn't have many tough. swing ticks. Yeah. Up six yeah. strokes to memorial. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he could either come out. He, I'm assuming he's gonna come out with a chip on his shoulder, but you know you never know um, what that time off could do to him. So I, I'm not gonna bet him. I'm not. Like you said it. Betting a favorite in a golf tournament is it's like a fool's I said, errand. Fool's errand. It's one of the stupidest things you can do. Even if you win, like you have to wager so much money to mm-hmm. make it profitable, and it's just stupid EV. Um, like on the spectrum of smart things, at one end the smart side is putting French fries in the burrito. At the <laughs> other end, the stupid side is betting the favorite in a golf tournament. Then that was Terry on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
that's that's it. <laughs> All right, give me the guys that you like this week. Give me a, give me a handful of guys, um, and then we'll kind of dissect it because I'm sure. Even if you get your bets in, put Terry's guys in there. We could talk a little bit about it. And then, like you said, go do your morning poop, listen a little bit more, throw in some other bets. Yeah. So uh, for the Brooks, the Brooks-Bryson thing, like I said, this course is going to favor, you know, long hitters. Both of them are long hitters. And it's going to favor, like you saw with Bryson last year at Wingfoot, you know, if you get in the rough, you need to be strong you know, athletic type to get it out of there and hit it well. Um, so, you know, they both fit a U.S. Open mold. I think Brooks a little more. So uh, in a vacuum, I would probably say Bryson. But mm-hmm. we're not in a vacuum. Brooks has been trolling Bryson for a while now. Brooks finished second at the PGA to, to fill. Um Bryson claims to live rent-free in Brooks's head, um, but I, I just don't believe it. I think, I think Brooks just is going to rise to the occasion. He's n- Bryson is going for back-to-back U.S. Opens, which had previously not been done before. Brooks, um, what was his name? Now I can't think of his name. Kepka? Yes. Oh, no, before that. The guy who did it. Ah, that's embarrassing. U.S. Open? Yeah, it was in the won 80s. It, won, the won it back back. Ah, it's embarrassing. I can't think of his name. Faldo? No. Uh, it was an American guy. Why can't I think of it? Curtis Strange. No. Mm-hmm. Is it Curtis Strange? You're just making names up at this point. Anyway, Brooks isn't going to let... Stack guys on it. Brooks isn't going to let Bryson go back to back after it hasn't been done in so long before Brooks did it. Well, Bryson turned down the, the pairing. Yeah, I know. Well, who, bang, nailed it, pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> so, uh, Brooks has played well on this course before. U.S. Open, he loves U.S. Opens. He's finished in the top ten. In the well, he was gone first, first, and second in the past three. So, yes, that's in the top ten. I was right. Uh, so, I'm it, on. there's plus odds on Brooks. I think it's points bet. I think DraftKings also has a Brooks versus uh, Bryson. Even. No, DraftKings is plus. Points bet is even. Money. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna take Brooks in that that aspect, and I I think I'm going to bet on Brooks, uh, eighteen eighteen to one nineteen to one, mm-hmm. dabble in that that market as well. Um, fit athletic guys. I'm looking at Tony Fee now. Plays well on the course, hits it far, can get it out of the rough. Uh, played well at Shinnecock a few years ago. He's played well in U.S. Opens. I think his game is rounding into form. Uh, so I have some money on Mr. Tony Finau. Uh, Where have I heard this before? Yeah. I know. I say it every time. <laughs> uh, second. Yeah. Another guy. Oh, let me guess. Tommy Fleetwood. In the, no. <laughs> I'm staying away from Tommy Fleetwood. He's been playing pretty bad. I'm, I'm off the Tommy. I still love him, but I'm not. I'm not. Putting money on him, uh, just just yet. Uh, Scheffler, Scotty, he's finished in the top ten of the past, whatever many majors he's played in. Finished fourth at the PGA at Harding Park. Uh, finished eighth at the Masters, or no, yeah, this past Masters. Um, guy just he didn't play at Wingfoot. I believe he had COVID or he tested or is in close proximity, or tested positive. Uh, So this will be 
Uh, his second U.S. Open missed a cut in 2017. Uh, but he doesn't have the scar tissue. A guy that you know plays well in majors, rises to the occasion, can hit it far, and is great on approach and can putt lights out when it gets hot. Well, in general, but just when it gets hot, you know, watch out. Uh, but my favorite, I guess, longer shot, although he's not too long now. And then you're looking at Scotty Scheffler. What is he? Thirty-five to one. I'm seeing. Uh, he's fifty to one on points bet. Ooh, got a line shot. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's thirty-five to one on DraftKings. Uh, and then the last one is Shane Lowry. I got him at eighty to one. I think he's maybe. He's he's one of the Tatosphere guys. Big Tatosphere. He is guy. a Tatosphere guy. But I made this. I made this bet. He might be, he might be at a, the king of the Tatosphere. I made this bet. <laughs> I made he this bet a month ago. I made this bet a month ago. He was at eighty to one. He's probably down to forty, I believe. Wow, now. big trout. Uh, but he has just been <laughs> little tout in the troutosphere. Uh, <laughs> I like troutosphere because it makes because it makes no sense to anybody uh, who <laughs> doesn't know what we're talking about. Well, it's just big fish, little pond. You yeah, know? Oh, there. Uh, so, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We just trademarked that. Yeah, well. But he's been that's playing. A shirt. Yeah, he's been <laughs> playing well. He's won on long courses. Uh, you know, won won the uh, the open. In Northern Ireland, when Rory hit it out of bounds in the first hole, still laughing about that. Uh, it's a lot of pressure in the yeah. whole country on his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, I mean Shane. Troubles. Shane, Shane, Big troubles Shane, off yeah, the first Shane, team. Shane, <laughs> Shane, <laughs> yeah, Shane Lowry won in enemy territory. There could have been a bounty on his head. Uh, but he's been playing well, uh, and you know he's won on long courses. Don't think there's gonna be much win this week. But, you know, he's he's played on tough courses. He's over the hangover of the open. Um, eighty to one. I would bet it down to like fifty to one. Is it windy in Ireland? <laughs> sure, why not? The open, dude. No, I know. True, I'm, so I'm open, making so. I'm making fun of our prior when we were figuring out if it was windy in Spain. Oh, right. Yeah. Do you know Don Quixote one? Do you know where Ireland is? Uh yeah, it's kinda by England. Cool. <laughs> Nice. Is it above or below? I would say Northern Ireland. <laughs> oh. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is, is Ireland above or uh, below, below Northern Okay. <laughs> Northern Ireland? All right. So you like Brooks, you like Scheffler, you like Lowry. Yes. Any other guys you want to throw darts? Maybe out of the stratosphere. Yeah, we're switching sports, throwing darts. Uh throwing darts out of the stratosphere. Uh Ryan. Palmer has played well there. He's two hundred to one. That's still kind is that of like a in different variation of an Arnold Palmer? Uh, he's not <laughs> related, uh, R.I.P. Uh, to Arnie, uh, but he's played well there. He's not the best scrambler in the world, which makes me nervous. He hasn't been playing as well as he was a month or two ago um, when I bet this. But two hundred to one, I don't, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me throw some bets out at you real quick that I've been eyeing up, and I wanted to put them by you. You ready? Okay. First one. To miss the cut, plus 240. This is going to shock you. Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy. To miss the cut, plus 240. Uh, I could see it. I th- he, he won a Quail Hollow, kind of like an aberration 
of his during his swing change. I he's in the twenties overall to win, you know, twenty to one, which is kind of like a rare sighting for Rory. Usually, mm-hmm. just like an automatic bet. Um, and he's played well in the past. I, I, I think he'll make the cut. Uh, but he could be playing, you know, early on Sunday morning. Here's one. I was going to throw him out at you maybe as a, as a top 20 candidate, and I still might do this. But the last time this U.S. Open was held at Torrey Pines, 2008, we still have some golfers that were around back then. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Tiger Woods would have been here if he didn't um, yeah, hang the get, into that, get into that accident. Um, but we had... You know, Rocco Media, I don't know where he is now. Shout out to him. He's on this, the Champions Tour. Shout out to him. Is he in the stratosphere on the Champions Tour? I don't know. I, haven't, I don't bet too much on the Champions <laughs> Tour. <laughs> They're a little but bit the guy, more the guy who finished um, tied for third technically, he was one shot behind of making the playoff uh, around, is Lee Westwood. Mm. And Lee Westwood. As opposed to Eastwood. Who has been playing very well over the last, like, year i would say maybe half a year yes he to make the cut is minus 125 and a top 20 on him Mm -hmm. i can't even find him right now which means that he's uh pretty low on the on the odds i think he's like 11 to 1 to finish top 10 four plus 450 top 20 Mm mm-hmm Historically, he plays well there. Probably not as athletic as he was before, but he's got that kind of, you know, scrappy, veteran figure, moxie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's in the stratosphere, the stratosphere, <laughs> the stratosphere. <laughs> but I don't think he's in the stratosphere. But what do you think of Westwood to make the cut minus one twenty, um, just to play on the on the past successes there uh, in U.S. Open conditions? I hate it. You hate it. Yeah. Low EV. Why do you hate it? Because he's not athletic? Uh, he's got a little no, beer, he's in great shape. Gut. No, he's in his 40s. He's in great shape. Uh, he got married last week to his caddy in Las Vegas. What? Why aren't we betting him to win the fucking tournament? <laughs> he's probably hung over. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. He was partying all week in also, Las Vegas. Like, Are you I reading mean, a New York Post article about yeah. that right now? I just want to confirm that it was last week. Also, but like if he yeah, married his last caddy. Week. What if the caddy suggests a club that he kind of disagrees with? Like, you going to start your marriage off with a fight? I mean, possibly. I mean, also, like... He married his caddy. What, <laughs> what a That's phrase. a re- wild If, move. like, I don't know. If, if your wife's caddying for you, I can't... Like, I don't think you're taking it that seriously. That's got to be fucking brutal in San Diego. Were heat? they dating? <laughs> yeah. Were they, like... He's going to be sweating out his hangover. Were they dating and then he just asked her like one day, like, can you be my caddy? Or do you think it was the opposite? Uh, Probably. I mean, apparently she's a good caddy, but it's just like the dynamic just seems odd. Like, I don't think. Yeah. It's do they gonna get into a fight and she gives him his driver to putt with? No, I think he would notice he's a professional <laughs> golfer. Um, <laughs> all right. Two more at you. Top lefty. Phil Mickelson plus three hundred, Brian Harmon and Garrick Higo, who's been kind of this, uh, you know, one last South week, Africa, 
one last week, but he is a lefty. So you got Brian Harmon, yes. Garrick Higo at plus 275. Phil Mickelson, who has never won a U.S. Open, needs it to complete the Grand Slam. I don't think he's going to win, but he has finished, I think, second like six times. Um, won the PGA. He's the most recent major winner. He's at plus 300. I was kind of shocked uh, people have not bet him down to be the top lefty favorite here. Then did, you, did you know if Phil Mickelson w- wins this week? He will not only complete the Grand Slam, but he will also be the oldest major winner Again. in history. Again. Breaking Phil Mickelson's <laughs> record <laughs> from the 2021 PGA Championship. And time flies. What a yeah. stat. Um, and then you got Bubba Watson plus 400, Robert McIntyre plus 450. Three to one, Phil Mickelson. Uh, I mean, I don't hate it. I like Robbie McIntyre. I threw a future on him at one fifty to one uh, a while back. Uh, the Scottish, the Scottish lefty. Uh, but you know, if you if you want to bet Phil, you know it's a five a five baller at three to one. I don't hate it. And then the last one here, um, kind of a cool prop here. The U.S. Open twenty twenty one winner. To be a new major winner, so the first inaugural major of a player's career being this tournament, minus 159, no, plus 115. Uh, hmm. And a, a lot of guys in the troutosphere and a lot of guys who are in the top in the odds, you know, you look at Rom, you look at Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau. Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, Hatton, Answer, just going down the list, Paul Casey. There's a lot of guys in that top 15 or 20 um, that are would be first-time major winners. Um, I guess I'd say... I actually think I might bet the plus money there. What was the plus money? No. So yeah. A second. Yeah, yeah. A second I agree. I agree. Bait. I agree. I, I could get down with that. All right. You liked one of my bets. All right. That's all We're that in. I wanted. We can now end the U.S. Open segment of this I will podcast. say, you got me thinking about nationalities. Oh. Top Canadian. Goddamn critical race. Taylor Pendrith, plus 450. Four baller with Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Pendrith. He's the lowest on the board. Plus 450. Uh, it's mispriced. What nationality is it? Canadian? So Not sure if he's regular Canadian or French Canadian. Good old Canadian four-baller. Yeah. <laughs> he just made that. He just said that himself. It's not listed as Canadian four-baller. Um, so Taylor Pendrith, Canadian four-ball winner, plus 450. I like it. I like it. I just thought the tripod was a lot. All right. Um, that's it for the U.S. Open. I do like Abraham answer. Um because I do think that even, you know, sorry to Jason Sobel, but I do think driving accuracy is going to mean a lot in the, um, like, unless you're Bryson and getting a huge advantage um, off the tee, I do think it's going to pay to be in the fairway this, uh, this, this week. And Abraham Anser, one of the top uh, driving accuracy guys on tour, playing well, young guy. And uh, usually, usually plays pretty well in majors, so I'm eyeing him in my in my lineups. So, all right, that's it for the U.S. Open. 
It's now 10.30, and the tournament started an hour ago. <laughs> and uh, who's the, the guy that you're going to be kicking yourself betting first-round leader? Uh, first-round leader... I'm gonna. I probably. I'm probably. I like how we wait for the first round leader <laughs> yeah. for the last part of the segment. Bruce Corey, can you cut this <laughs> just to put it in the beginning? Uh, I'm probably going to bet uh, Paul Casey. I'm not sure what his odds are for first round leader. Get some exposure on him, uh, and and probably also he's fifty to one. And then also Charlie Hoffman at sixty six to one. The Devil's first round leader. The who? The Devil. Sixty six. Uh yeah. All right, let's go to the NBA playoffs real quick. Um, this was a question from one of our listeners on Twitter. He wants to know where the value is, and Joe, I want to know where the value is because the NBA playoffs over the last two or three days has gone completely clusterfuck belly up it is fucking elmo fire like gif because on steroids the suns are the only team that are in the conference finals yes. right now suns and four congrats to them congrats to that guy who beat the shit out of the nuggets fan sucker punched him too yeah um and now chris paul has covid apparently yeah so Shams had a tweet today. It was really hilarious because it was like one out of this many players tested positive for coronavirus, but he was the one that broke Chris Paul tested positive for coronavirus like an hour before. So it was like, what kind of like just name names, dude? <laughs> Tell us. So you got Chris Paul, who is arguably between him or Booker, the most important player on the Suns team. He's arguably the most important I think player he's the most be important, because yeah. the the game that he did not play, they got smacked yeah. in round 1. Um or they didn't get smacked, but they 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 lost to the Lakers, right? Yeah, I mean, he's just like he unlocks Booker basically. Yeah. So, very integral to that team and he's now coveted. And then you look at Kawhi and the Clippers, the other kind of favorite quote unquote in yeah. the West. He now has allegedly a torn ACL. Yeah, and that—that's just the Western Conference. Go to the Eastern Conference. It looks like Philly is going to take a three-two lead. Yeah. They probably have, and, and you know, given notwithstanding Embiid's early injury history, this playoffs he looks fine now. He looks fucking incredible tonight. But the East, you have the Nets, who. KD massive comeback the other yeah, night. That was that game was probably one of the best games I've ever watched uh, in the playoffs. And the Bucks are definitely not out of it, but the Nets, who were the favorite in the whole entire playoffs, now have a ton of injury problems with Irving and Harden. Yeah, and like so, Harden doesn't look right still. Like he just like he played, but he just doesn't look right. So you have three out of the top four teams with injury problems, or you know, COVID. I can guess I could term it as an injury. Philly is the only team, really, and the Jazz, I guess, are kind of being overlooked because even though they're the number one seed, um, but because they kind of just thought that they would lose to whoever came out of that Suns-Lakers bracket yeah, or the Clippers. But now there's no Kawhi. So let's start, I guess, with the most – we'll rank the, the injuries in terms of severity to the team. Okay. <laughs> uh, death, one. <laughs> It, 
I, that, I was going to say something fucked up about Chris <laughs> Paul and COVID, but let's, <laughs> let's say, oh let's say that. Disavow. Let's say that the torn ACL is one. Yeah, torn ACL is pretty up there. And in terms of just Kawhi's worth to the Clippers and his his role that he plays there, which is like, I mean, I've watched Clippers games this playoffs, and he is the the team. Yeah, I mean, that's like by far the most devastating injury in terms of like what's going to happen because, well, we're recording this before the Jazz Clippers game five, but you. He's gonna miss Game Five. He's probably gonna miss this whole series. If not, he has a torn ACL. He's not well, playing until it's next like year. Repo- well, they they're yeah. concerned about it. They, I don't think they find. I don't think they said that that's absolutely what it is. It's really odd the way it's been reported because normally after a game you would get that checked out, and now they're just saying they fear it's an ACL injury. So it's a little confusing as to what it actually is. But either way, his situation is by far the worst. He's probably done for the whole playoffs. And that's just very problematic for the Clippers. Um, I mean, you can have a torn ACL, and other people are concerned about your torn ACL. True, but they're just not. They have not confirmed it's odd that it they haven't reported it as a torn ACL if they're concerned that it is, because um, it's not exactly a complicated test. So those fucking tech people I and know, they're fucking, the fucking nerds, even though it's in LA. <laughs> But then I would definitely say that um, Chris Paul being out is very significant. They have to hope that this Jazz Clippers series goes seven games. Uh, they get a little bit of an edge there in terms of the rest. But uh, I like the Suns, how they match up against the Jazz, uh, especially with Mitchell nursing a little bit of an injury. The Jazz prefer to play drop coverage. The Suns can shoot a lot of threes. Um, I still think that there is some value on the Suns at pl- uh, plus 140 to win the West. Quiet in the studio, producer Corey. Just because you don't have a mic. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. So, uh, no, I would, uh, I would say that the Suns are some value. Uh, and there's no reason to bet them yet. I don't think it's going to move much uh, until the series starts. But I do like the Suns at plus 140. I think that that's probably about where they'd be even if they play the Jazz anyway. So let's go to the East now. Okay. I because s- because severity of the injury aside, even if Kyrie doesn't play the rest of the way, um, they still have Durant. Yeah, Durant and is crazy. Are you now maybe eyeing the Bucks? Let's say Harden doesn't look right. Game five, Durant has the game of his career. And now in game six, game seven, do the Bucks now have a shot? Or do you go the other way and say, Durant has gotten so much shit about teaming up with superstars. This is the season. This is the playoffs that he does it himself and shuts everybody up. I think it's a, it's a little bit of both. I think if you want to bet the Bucks, you should bet on them to win the title. Um, because I think that the way this is shaping up, Whoever's coming out of the Eastern Conference is going to win the title. Um, I don't think that the Jazz aren't really suited for it. Uh, if, the, if the Clippers don't have Kawhi, I don't see that happening. And then we don't know what's going to happen with the Suns because if they have to play the Jazz at the Jazz or the Clippers out of a hole um, because they're missing Chris Paul, like I don't think that that team is that good without Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, they need him. He's their facilitator. He makes their offense churn. 
he's somebody that they need. So well, I, let's I think say, that the winner's so, coming so out of the East. So if how many how many games does he realistically miss? Because let's say because there was two days ago, right? There was all those rumors about an NBA star testing positive for COVID. Yeah. I'm assuming that was Chris Paul. Probably. So he probably has been positive for at least two days, probably yeah. a little bit before than three or four. So you're looking at what, fourteen day quarantine? Yeah, I think there I had heard something about the NBA saying there might be a different quarantine period if you are vaccinated. If um, you're the leader of the players <laughs> yeah, association. If you're the leaders of the player association yeah, and, and you're yeah. and you're a superstar yeah, and in, the, in the in the conference the, finals. Yeah. NBA also like low key hates Chris Paul, so I mean it's kind of uh, Well, because he's the leader of the players union. Exactly. He's like so. you know, he's 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 a workers' rights guy. Yeah, so it's a really it's it's an interesting situation. But I think the problem with this is that he probably misses game one of the Western Conference Finals, maybe game two. I think that takes away a significant edge uh, from this team, especially even though they've had all this rest um, and like they're gonna have a rest advantage. But if you don't have your leader, you don't have your point guard, that takes that whole thing away basically. Um, so I wouldn't look, like I think that there's value on the Suns. But I wouldn't bet them until after they probably lose game one if they don't have Chris Paul. And, like, we need to see what the situation with Chris Paul is. But that's where I think that there's value right now. Um, if you're looking at the East, though, like, like you said with the Bucks, I think that whoever comes out of the East is probably going to win the title. Mm-hmm. So the Bucks last night were 10-1. to 1. I sprinkled a little bit on them. Uh, that was after they lost? That was after they lost. They were 10-1. to 1. Now they're down to 7.5 or 8-1. to 1. Um, I still think that there's some value there uh, on them to win the title, mainly because their only injury is Dante DiVincenzo, who's important, but it's not you know it's not the end of the world there. Uh, so I think that there's some value there on them to win. Uh, I I don't think that there's really much value on the Nets at all at this point. You can get them a little bit at two to one uh, to win the title, but like that's I don't know I don't I don't really like tying my money up to win two to one for that long um and then the sixers i i said the sixers before i still like the sixers uh and i i think that the sixers are really good and especially to win the east we have them at about let's see they're two and a half to one so i i don't think that's a bad bet that's about the same as the, when the playoffs started uh i i just like their odds to i would i think that if, you, if you're betting on a team to come out of the east you should just bet on them to win the title, not to win the East. And the Sixers are seven to one to win that. So that's that's where I would lean um, in terms of future betting market. Okay, so we've done this the last two weeks. Gun to your head, <laughs> producer Corey, take out the gun. Guns now pointed at Mr. Joe Delera, co-host of the Oddscast podcast. Gun to your head. NBA Finals, who over who, and how many games? I am now back on the 76ers, and they will be beating the Phoenix Suns in six. Bruce, Corey, take out the gun again. Pointed at Mr. Terry Takes. Yeah. Gun is pointed to your head. Uh Uh-huh. Who is winning the NBA title, and over who, and how many games? Uh, It's going to be the... Phoenix Suns in six games over the Brooklyn Nets because uh, Phoenix is closer to San Diego and they put French fries <laughs> in their burrito. 
<laughs> that was Terry on the Spectrum, <laughs> episode two. All right, guns pointing out at me. I'm sticking with the Nets. Um, I think Durant, this is kind of like his special time uh, to shine here. Shut up all the haters. I think that Blake Griffin's emergence as a supporting cast guy is very important to their team. And I just think even if you know Harden hopefully gets a little better, maybe Kyrie comes back. Um, but they just, even without those two guys, I think there's enough there. Uh, to get out of this Eastern Conference. I think, you know, it, a, a Philly series and the Conference Finals would be tough. And I'm going to actually change because Kawhi's hurt, and I really just thought it was Kawhi. Um, uh, it's unfortunate that that happened. But I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns, do a little reverse of the Terry takes. Um, I don't really give a shit about French fries and burritos, so I am going to say... That's how I know you've never had it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fat sandwich. It's like a, a Mexican fat sandwich. Yeah, less yeah. carbs. But you're adding rock. <laughs> yeah, less carbs. <laughs> Put more carbs in there. Is there rice in there, too? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I might draw so. the line at the rice. I feel. I'm not sure, actually. I can't remember. To qualify as a burrito, there needs to be rice inside. Wow. Wow. Did not know that. Thank you. Probably rice. I mean, Corey is Latino, so... Thank you. That was our burrito expert, (laughs) producer Corey. Um, I'm going to go in six games. Uh, Seven. Let's make it fun. All right. (laughs) That's it for the NBA talk. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a special couple segments for our 100th episode. You're listening to episode 100 on the Oddscast podcast. See you on the other side of the break. Donald, take him out of here. Book him. And we are back. Thank you to our sponsors, for the commercial break, we are now going to play some fun little games. We have some fun segments planned for our 100th episode, and this one's going to be special. Joe, I would like you to put your phone down. Right. Stop studying the geography. We haven't, told you what, we haven't told you <laughs> where, what geography we are testing you on. Yeah, this is really open, so I'd just like the listeners to know. Um, this is not the female body, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> so, it's there's a special there's a special sporting event going on right now, and I thought it would be fun to tie that in to the geography quiz. Okay. Euro 2020 is going on right now. That's I was about Europe. to say 2021. Right. That's in Europe, one correct? For one. <laughs> one for one. Congrats. <laughs> one for um, one. Oh boy. And I was thinking about there was a game today. Um, Wales Turkey was played in uh, Azerbaijan. Oh, between two a- two animals. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was gonna make a similar joke. So. <laughs> so. Euro, here. Euro 2020 is going on. We'll get into our picks in a little bit um, because I think that, you know, we Terry, I think, is our de facto soccer guy, if it's not already producer Corey. I would say producer Corey is probably the de facto. I'm more uh, just post-facto. post-facto. You're just a USA trouter. Producer Corey is also the Latin guy, so maybe you can help me out with what you would be if Corey's de facto and you're something else facto. But... I digress. Let's go to the Euro 2020. Um, I have not. I have nine questions for you. Nine. Gonna be quick, like and then, and it's always gonna, gonna be, be quick. 
We spent an hour and a half talking about the U.S. Open that's already started. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 100. We can go a little long. First question. These are all going to be related to um, teams in the Euro okay. um, Cup. And <laughs> ironically, we're starting with a question where the answer is a team that's not in the Euro Cup. Oh, well, um, this is good. Get that out of the way first. There are three Scandinavian countries. Sure. Two of those countries are in the Euro 2020. We have Finland and Sweden. What is the third Scandinavian country? Norway. Nice. Wow. One for one. Two for two. We started before. Yeah. Euro 2020 is in no, Europe. It's true. Question 10. We needed right, it for math. 20, 10 questions. All right. Out of 10, you know? All right. 20%. Finland and Sweden. Um, Finland actually is in an interesting spot because they have three points because they played the team that uh, their best player had a heart attack in the first half, and then they had to play the game like three hours later. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought he was dead, um, so they kind of got an easy win there because, like, how do you fucking play a game after that? Leaving it all on the field, Dom. Yeah. I don't know. Don't they have subs? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought my troubles comment was the worst comment <laughs> on this. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're two for two. All right. Two of these countries. Can't teach heart, Dom. <laughs> Yikes. Which of these countries, these two Euro 20 con- 2020 countries, speaking of Denmark, um, Denmark or Poland, which of these countries is more north? Denmark. Wow. Three for three. Three wow. for three. Stay hot. Denmark technically could be like a Scandinavian country. Like, they're so far north. Yeah. That's how I knew it. I thought I was going to get him on that one. <laughs> All right. You are three for three. Um, Put me in the hall. Okay. There are three countries in the Euro 20. Well, four. Um, counting England. Four countries in the Euro 2020 that are part of the broader United Kingdom. The three others are Wales, Ireland, Scotland. How many of those are which of those countries, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, share a land border with England? Scotland and Wales. God damn, did we give him a fucking... <laughs> four for four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which of these two Euro 2020 countries... I hope everybody's taking this along with me. Yeah. Like if you're listening, like <laughs> keeping like tally your score and let us know if you beat me or not. So what are we at? You are four for four. When the counting the one con- the first question, <laughs> which is a fucking joke. What, what, what continent is the Euro twenty twenty <laughs> located in? Hey, I mean you get two hundred points for spelling your name on the SATs. Yeah, so similar concept here. All right. Question number five. Which of these two Euro twenty twenty countries is closer to the continent of Africa, oh boy. Spain or Portugal? We're getting out of Europe here. Holy mm. shit. Oh, that's uh, like... Oh, wait. I guess it's got to be Spain. Gibraltar. Yeah. Rocket Gibraltar. Yeah. Five for five. All right, now we're getting into the tough ones. Uh, I, 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 I greased you up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Eastern Bloc is coming. Oh, my God. Are we about to start World War One. Eastern Bloc, here we go. Which of these three countries is more south? Oh, now we got a thir- three ball in it. <laughs> uh, Eastern Bloc three ball right here. <laughs> Which is more south? North Macedonia, Croatia, or Hungary? I'm going to say North Macedonia because I feel like this is a trick question. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> five for five. No, 
he's six for six. Six for six. Wow. God damn. We're almost passing. That was the one I thought I was going to get you on. But this you, is a you loss know, for a cur- school curve. I have an A. You know you were, uh, <laughs> you know the trick question was coming, so. Yeah, North Macedonia. I'm putting an asterisk on that one. That's been in the news a lot lately, how they were just able to name their country that, so. Mm-hmm. Good on you for keeping up on the news. And, and you think Macedonia, Greece? I blame the you pasture. Know, Macedonia, Greece. The other ones are like true, you know, Eastern Bloc countries. Yeah. All right. Um, that was the difference. <laughs> I'm looking at the last question. It's so fucking hard. Um, all right. Here we go. Here's a little bit of a different kind of question. Okay. Brussels and Amsterdam are two capital cities of two. Euro 2020 countries. Of which countries are these capitals? Germany and Belgium. And uh, what country borders France? Germany. You oh, fucking lose. Good day, <laughs> sir. The nether. It was the Netherlands oh. and Belgium. You got it half right. Yeah. Got it. So how the fuck does that? That's work? one question. You got it wrong. Oh. But I mean well, Germany and. Belgium both border France. I was hoping so you would. I was hoping. I was hoping Terry wouldn't give that away because you had the f- you you missed the question before it was even over. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. close. You went oh, and I didn't ask the. Uh, you yelled at him. We got it. So all right, the perfect Six game is seven. over. It's okay. Perfect game is over. Yes, Amsterdam is in the Netherlands, not in Germany. Oh, forgot. And, um, haven't been there. And actually, um, would you even know where you were? You were <laughs> well, probably because of substances. I may or may not. And the answer <laughs> to the fi- the second question, which was the real question, which you answered the wrong question to begin with, <laughs> um, was Belgium. Belgium is the country that borders France. Uh, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. France usually loses. All right, six out of seven. Going to question number eight, and all of these. Uh, n- Next questions, a Euro 2020 team is the answer. Okay. What is the most Western European country, i.e., which country has the westernmost point in Europe? That's playing. The, it's, it's the answer. Like, like the team that's playing, like, there's no other team that has the most Western point. The team that has the most Western point is in the tournament. I guess. Is this, is this a multiple choice question? No, well, this is like you have to look at a map. Oh, like, or you don't, you don't have to look at a map. You could think Point of, of order, does it yes. have to be part of the continental Europe? Why is this test so long? Well, it's, it doesn't matter. Okay. Can you say that? I mean, are you giving them a hint? Because it's in continental Europe. Yeah, I would say, would this be... I don't know, it's Turkey. Turkey? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still in Turkey? <laughs> Turkey? <laughs> Turkey is the most Western European country? Oh, wait, it's not even Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, this, is, yeah, right, this segment finally paid off. Um, <laughs> I mean, to, I to be fair, like, the East and the West is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I'm confused about. I'm like, is it that? Because, like, you look know. at it like America, like, you know, I get it. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Otherwise, I guess it would be what? Portugal? Wow. Yeah. 
which is completely on the other side of Europe. <laughs> well, I, missed the, I was like, is it east? Is it west? Because like we're in the United States. We're on the east coast. If you're looking at the map, we're on the right. It's the same thing if you were to look at Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So the question was wrong. Let's go with what's the easternmost uh, European country. I'm playing this under protest. It's a trick question. <laughs> what's the? No, it's not. It's the same answer. What? Easternmost European country. What? What was the last question? Portugal was the was the correct answer. The oh. westernmost the westernmost point in Europe oh, is so in Portugal. This is Turkey. No. Oh, it's well, Russia. Yeah. Trick question. Oh, that's bullshit. Told you. I said it was a trick question. Oh, I thought it was because of the east and west. All right. I'm not even gonna ask the, the next question. Just lay it um, in there. Because it is I thought you may have gotten them all correct to this point. What did you finish? Eight out of nine? Seven out of nine? The final one was if you got, got them all right. Slovakia borders five European 2020 <laughs> countries. Can you name all of them? No. That's the right answer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Eight out of ten. The answer, Poland, Czech Republic, Austria, Hungary, Ukraine. Mm. That's, that's the true Eastern Bloc question. Yeah. Checks and balances. All right. <laughs> Checks and balances. Yeah, Czech Republic, you know. I see. <laughs> All right. That was it for Joe's geography quiz, Euro 2020. <laughs> Can you hand the mic to producer Corey? I want to get his soccer takes right now. Um, okay. Have you been watching the Euro 2020? No. No? No. Why? I just told you like five minutes before, like, I can't get into it. Okay. You I th- did say that. I did. I think Italy's going to win. You're Italian. You have bias. I <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who has any sort of national... Uh, connection to any of those European countries thinks they're going to win. Their um, country is shaped like a fucking foot. They should win. You'd think so. Um, France has looked good. Portugal. Are you throwing it to me? I have yeah. nothing to add to that. All right. Yeah, so I, I thought maybe you guys were the watching French. the Euro 2020s. No, we're just betting. I tapped out on <laughs> Saturday. Heart attack was enough for me. All right. So look France out. France is in Eastern Europe. According to Joe's map of Europe. <laughs> we got to get some maps in here for you, man. Just a big old map. And you can mark the countries that you visited, and it'll help you learn. You should look at it more. Of Europe? <laughs> no, of, just the, of like the world. It's like a map. I don't know. It, would, it wouldn't have helped me, though. I don't think. <laughs> if she turns three quarters left, is it still west <laughs> or east? <laughs> it wasn't labeled. Like... <laughs> So uh, unless he has a, an immediate <laughs> compass, like like on uh, the key of a map, he's not going to know which way is north, west, and south. <laughs> well, it's called the fucking Far East. East. This is just, it's too confusing. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> Asia is east of Europe. I get I get what you're saying, though. Because, yeah. like, if, you lurk, if you're looking at a map of the United States and, like, your eyes are over Nebraska. Yes. The west is to the left. Yes. And the east is to the right. Yes. And now I've it's just the same yeah. Thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're looking at it upside down. Unless you're looking at it upside down. Turkey's <laughs> to the right. Portugal's to the to the left. I tried. I'm sorry, Turkey, Joe. <laughs> Turkey was the greatest. I'm so happy we went through all those just so he did that. I really thought I had it. We knew you were gonna st- like step on a landmine. We knew you were gonna do it. If you go far enough east, you're west. That's, That's not entirely true. wrong. That is, so, everything is walking distance like, if you have the time. Like I said, I protest. <laughs> All right. That's fair. More geography on the way. We're going RV tripping. 
Choo-choo. Vroom, vroom. Are we going east or west? You guys really got to do better with the this sharing is of tough. the mics. Yeah. I know. It's I'm also like, I'm terrified I'm going to bash a tooth out <laughs> if I go too fast. All right. These are heavy. RV tripping. This was the um, segment where we traveled around the country betting, trying to bet a game in all 50 states. We're going to scratch the map before COVID. That's just, that's not a thing anymore. We're starting anew. I don't remember. That might be just 13 colonies. (laughs) This might just be, this might just be out of utility for us because I don't really remember all the country, all the the states that we went to. Um, I'm picking Baltimore, Lord Baltimore. (laughs) But we're going RV tripping and we did the randomizer, producer Corey, right? Doing it right now. Okay. Give me the randomizer, and we are going to go to a state which will hopefully have, wink, wink, a game that's playing uh, sometime this weekend. Hope so. Okay. Give me the randomizer. Okay, here we go. Spinning. Oh, New Jersey. Damn. We don't get to leave after we've been inside this entire time. It's not New Jersey. You're not even looking at the screen. It's Mississippi. Did it? (laughs) Spin again. (laughs) I love this the whole play about Long Island. No, no, no. I'm gonna spin it again. I told you we were doing New York. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I care about integrity, Dom. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna randomize it. We're starting off hot Al here. Well, New York. All right. <laughs> We're going to New York. We travel by car. So convincing. You can cut that however you want to cut it. Um, Beauty of editing, baby. The, all right. New York. We're going to New York. So to Joe's question. Um, Do we need vaccine passports? Ooh. I don't know. So, so there, there is a game in New York tomorrow, tonight, if you're driving to work on Thursday morning. In which case, the game's probably about to start. <laughs> There's no games. All right. We're going to Long Island. I think traffic, we have to traffic. because it's Tampa versus uh, New York Islanders game three. Tampa has taken a 1-1, uh, taken the series back 1-1. They lost game one to the Islanders, which I think was a complete just gift by Tampa to give us some juicier odds Bear on trap. them to win Bear trap. The, uh, the Eastern Conference and win the Stanley Cup Final. Games in Long Island. So I guess we can do some Long Island trivia, Long Island facts. Did if you anybody would want to do that. That the Grateful Dead has played at Nassau Coliseum more times than anywhere else? They are going to say more times than the Islanders. No. Well, <laughs> in recent years, that's true. I thought that was pretty fascinating. They never stopped touring, really. Which is the more Grateful Dead or Fish? Oh, Grateful Dead. Now Dead and I Co. I like how I didn't even put an, uh, an adjective in there. I said, which <laughs> is the more... <laughs> the more avid follower, the more, the more you know, bloodthirsty fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grateful Dead. Okay. They're old, wiggling white people, and they're never going to stop. All right. Yeah, Second, one of them is dead. Doesn't even matter. Is he grateful? They kind of picked up John Mayer. I mean, plus one, minus two. Or John Mayer's two, part of the one. Grateful Dead now? Dead & Co., Or John yeah. Mayer's dead? He's Dead & Co. <laughs> He's with Dead & Co. Oh. So, like, you know. All right. More Long Island facts. 
Um, there are 10 islands in the U.S. that are physically larger than Long Island, but Long Island is larger than the state of Rhode Island. I don't know why that's on longisland.com as a fact. That sounds really stupid. So I thought I'd like to point that out. Yeah, but, like, who cares? It could be a state. Again, who cares? I don't know. Which is bigger island than Long Island? Uh, the big island of Hawaii. It's in the But name. those are all m- mini islands. They're all lesion islands of Alaska. It is the most populous island in the United States as of 2013. Just yeah, got population it. or yeah, got to pick somewhere to put the trash. Am I right? Hey, well, I, I don't know if it's like per, per square mile. It's probably Staten Island or, Rik- uh, or Rikers. <laughs> I think Rikers does take the cake there. Uh, are they? T- they're not allowed to vote from there. I don't think so. <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, I doubt they're answering their. Uh, ooh, nice. Um, Long Island is also home to the first uh, suburb. Levittown, um, mm. many, many people started moving there after World War II with their GI bills. Mm. Um, I did a research paper on this in high school. I'm trying to recall. Thank you for your service. The GI bill? Yes. Uh, you did a research paper on the GI That's probably one no, of the... No, not that. Just oh. suburbs and the creation of suburbs and oh. keeping black people out of suburbs. Redliner. Yeah. American is apple pie. And it's all over Long Island, baby. Uh, it's a pretty shitty place. The LI Railroad. <laughs> pretty shitty place. It Long is Island's terrible. a pretty shitty place. Have you ever tried to drive to Montauk? You it takes. You want to kill yourself halfway I've, through. I've been to Long Island like four times, and it takes me more than an hour of what the map says. That hundred percent. Whatever. Says. Yeah. Whatever you see as an ETA, you go ahead and add ninety minutes to that at a minimum. I have family on both sides of my family that live at the like tits end of Long Island, and it's god awful whenever we have to go there. Tit end. Dick tip. Yeah, I would say, oh. yeah. Dick tip would probably be more accurate. Yeah. That's Montauk, right? Yeah. Uh, great shark fishing off of Montauk. Uh, apparently, Billy Joel's an asshole, as per a captain <laughs> and his first mate on a, on a sharking boat off of Montauk. Apparently, yeah. Billy Joel's an asshole. So, uh, yeah, man, I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's had some issues, like, mentally, so I might just call him on a bad day. I mean, how bad of a day could it be when you're shark fishing? You're the shark or not? Definitely not a shark. That's how big your boat is. Nice. All right. Any other Long Island facts? No, no one cares. I lost interest a while ago. Is it's Brooklyn? Long is Nobody Brooklyn cares. technically in Long Island? That is a point of contention for many people. Like, is Queens in Long Island? Technically, it's all connected to the same piece of land. But uh, if you were to ask anyone from Queens or Brooklyn if they were part of Long Island, you get a quick, swift punch in the face. <laughs> And I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to be associated with them either. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the let's start off good here. So the rules are, let's just do one units. One unit. And then uh, we'll see what we are at the end of 50. So this is game one. Oh, boy. Going to New York. Getting that out of the way. Cuts us off of so many sports <laughs> going forward. really does. Um, but Tampa Bay, minus 145. New York, plus 120. I'm not betting the Islanders here, no matter what you say to me. And the puck line, we have plus 190. Come on, let's do it. Come on, let's do it. You want to do puck line? Fuck yeah. Let's come out of the gate strong. Even with a uh, a raucous Long Island crowd? I don't care. They can't, they can't hamper down the tampede. 
that's coming through, okay? Terry, what do you think? What? I want to bet the Islanders. <laughs> I don't. What about, uh, what, a, what about a line on uh, the Lightning minus one? Start off, possible start off with a push. I like, we all win. I like that. I like that. Let's do that. What's okay. the line on that? No idea. I'm looking. Stats. Any Long Island, more Long Island tidbits? Um, I once had a knife pulled on me at a family party in Long Island. It's pretty great. Plus 107 for no. uh, plus yeah. one or minus one? Minus All one right. on tamper. Lightning minus one plus 107. I like that a lot. If you're betting with us, do that. You can also just buy the juice. It's a nice safe. Put the money on I'm betting on the Islanders. Or you will lose. <laughs> just like Joe did in his geography quiz. I thought, I mean, he I won. Yeah, he definitely passed. I mean, I don't know. Turkey <laughs> minus the, many the, points. <laughs> yeah, you like lost <laughs> points because of that. <laughs> All right. That wasn't in the rules. <laughs> All right. Fair. That's it for RV tripping. Starting off strong in New York. Segment. Producer Corey's idea here before we get into Paz and Rex, episode 100. We are going to go into the past, and we have asked all of our uh, co-hosts to pick the Gautier of the century. How about that? Bang. Gautier of the century. Not a century year, but century of podcasts. Gautier, somebody that we used to know. That could be the person, as Corey, I'm taking your words, the person who has fucked you the most or has fucked you the hardest <laughs> over the last 100 day, or episodes, 100 weeks of gambling. Um, that is the prompt of this segment. Terry, have you been able to think of your Gautier of the century? Uh, the no. first century. Joe, have you been able to think of your Gautier of the century? Yes. My Gautier of the century is producer Corey because wow I wouldn't normally bet on the NHL I wouldn't normally bet on hockey producer Corey has instilled a love of puck line parlays on me that I probably hit like li- like maybe three percent of the time so it's the NHL whenever I bet it it's likely a loss and I blame producer Corey I'll accept blame, and uh, yeah, my winning streak is about as long as yours in that department recently. So I'm sorry, Joe. I hope we can get to know each other again one day. It's all right. I feel like I know you. Producer Corey, since you have just been nominated as Gautier of the Century by one of our co-hosts, do you have a Gautier of the Century that you want to nominate with uh, to kind of be grouped in with? Mm. Who's burned me the worst in the last hundred episodes? God. Don't think. Okay. COVID? Well, come on, man. What's the deal with that? So I'll give you I'll give you one that is, I think, probably might be better received by some of the listeners than God. Well, they can grow up. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to do, um, and you can have this one because I have an actual one. You got a um, shit list, don't you? But uh, Ru- Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Ru- thanks, Rudy. Who gave the whole world coronavirus. The he, prophet he is, of coronavirus, he Rudy Gobert. patient zero. Uh, we would not have to lock down if he didn't touch all those microphones. Everybody knows it. It's been scientifically proven that Rudy Gobert is responsible solely and personally for the coronavirus. Now, here I don't know because he's kind of like a Judas figure where you have to hate him in order for the story to move in the correct direction. You know what I mean? Judas doesn't sell out Jesus. He doesn't become the martyr. Rudy Gobert doesn't touch the mics. We don't lock down for a while longer. More people die. 
Are you making an argument for Judas' MVP? No. Yeah, Did you have Judas' God. MVP tickets? I'm d- I'm d- look, I'm not going to blame the actors. I'm going to blame the playwright. Okay. Fuck that guy. Or girl. So who's your go-to of the, of the century? Thank God. Okay. Dick. Who wants there. to follow that one, me or you? I think you should go. <laughs> All right. Um, my go-to of the century... And this is to, to Corey's uh, point about who fucked you the most versus who fucked you the hardest. I'm going with the second prompt, who fucked me the hardest. And I'm going to say, and this is like probably my biggest loss. And Terry, Say the Mets. No, 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 no. Terry is going to call. No, I, I budget. <laughs> I budget for the Mets every year. <laughs> it's a built. It's it's Dom's tax. I already <laughs> I already have it written off. It's a liability. I have it written off. Like it's 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 accounted for. But for that, my big and up. Terry's gonna call me an idiot. He called me an idiot back when it happened. He called me an idiot when I wouldn't change my mind. He called me an idiot for the entire four quarters, and he's gonna call me an idiot again. But I'm gonna come clean and say that my goate of the century is Andy Reid for throwing up a fucking goose egg of an offense in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Yes, Terry, I know you were right. I said you were right many times. But if I did not bet the Chiefs, not even if I didn't bet the Chiefs, like if, if I if I didn't bet the Buccaneers, like if I didn't even switch it, I lost so much <laughs> on, on that yeah. Super Bowl. So, and also like chasing the live bets too. So, Classic. and you know, I it's not Patrick Mahomes because he played out of his mind. In that uh, Super Bowl, like, wasn't his fault. You know, I could say Eric Fisher's knee, maybe, because the offensive line was so bad. But, like, you had two weeks. You're the king of the buys. Like, you're the king of rest. And you're supposed to have some sort of offense. I know the Tampa Bay linebackers were absurd, but it's like you, they you, were, you gotta do better. It's like they were drunk at the wheel. You gotta do better. So, Andy Reid, my go to of the year of the century. Fills my insides with warmth <laughs> and joy. And maybe the Holy Spirit. Is that what that feels like? Corey doesn't have the Holy Spirit. He just said, fuck God, and uh, made him go of the century. My goatee of the century uh, is the Bundesliga. Uh, when sports came back, they were one of the, the first to come back. It was primetime viewing in, in your homes wearing your sweatpants, having not seen daylight for for months, months on end, uh, not knowing whether Germany was in Eastern Europe or Western Europe, <laughs> and not really caring where it was because you just had live sports on. And I bet it, and I bet it a lot. Nothing like And I barely won. <laughs> I don't even think I hit double digits in winning bets. I was so bad at and that. And I bet like 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> that was like me with Korean baseball. Yeah, but the best about Korean baseball was there was actually just no way to watch it. It just was never on TV. And the hours, it was. It, I think if it was, it started at like 3 in the morning. And it was over by 6. Just impossible. So, yeah, the Bundesliga. Fun teams, though. What's, what's your favorite team in the Bundesliga? Uh, who did I pick? Oh, uh, the team out of Brussels. The, the one, the one with the goat as a mascot. Uh, so, so gay. Schalke. <laughs> yes, 
Yes, the GOATs. Also a disappointing performance by the Bundesliga teams in the Champions League. John Brooks, the back linesman, the captain of the back line for the the, the American the Americans that are gonna win the World Cup played on Wolfsburg, I believe. All right. I was wondering if you're gonna drop that. Yes. So um, I guess we're going to put it out to a vote uh, with our fans. So we'll put it out in a tweet. Uh, <laughs> the Cote of the Century. We have uh, producer Corey, Andy Reid, God, <laughs> and the Bundesliga. <laughs> what a quartet. Oh, That's boy. a four ball if I, I ever I see re- one. I really hope Christian Twitter doesn't get this one. <laughs> you can rest assured they will. Pop your mind. Yeah. So, one eight five five for truth. If you want to have some fun, it feels good to hear the uh, the Gautier the Gautier song playing. Shout out to that one hit wonder, um, and for giving us the impetus to this segment in our podcast. So, thank you, Mr. Gautier. Thank you uh, to our Gautier nominees, and we will nominate or name a Gautier of the century in episode one hundred and one. So, rounding out episode one hundred. Thank you again for sticking with us. We are going to do episode 100, Pods and Rex. Take us out. Producer Corey, how you doing? We've been talking to you for a while. Yeah, um, don't talk this much. Yeah, I mean, segments. It's fine. Segments. We'll bring them segments. back. I know you guys want to hear more, Producer Corey. We'll, we'll get some segments in. Pods and Rex, you're up. Episode 100. Uh, I just started rewatching Mr. Robot. It's fantastic. Sam Esmail is a genius. Season one was really good. Yeah, keep going. I know it gets a little out there, but it really ties up nicely. Uh, I got lucky, and my girlfriend never watched it before, so I have a fresh crowd. Brag about to, it, uh, Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's all we do now is watch Mr. Robot, and it's really taken a, a, a hamper on my, uh, my Call of Duty playing, but, you know, it's not terrible as a replacement. My heartbeat still goes pretty pretty rapid during that show as it does when I drop it for dance. Next. Um, I'm going to not nominate, recommend a series on Netflix that me and my fiance just started watching and we were good. We thought we were going to hate watch it because the trailer looks so fucking awful, but we're actually into it now because we've been, we've been hate watching it. Um, I think, the hate is actually now general interest, <laughs> like genuine <laughs> intrigue in the storyline of the plots. Um, I think it's called Sweet Tooth on Netflix. And like, watch the trailer first and try not to laugh because it is fucking absurd. There's like, it's like based on a Marvel comic that I've never heard of. And all of a sudden, like, the apocalypse kind of happened. And then babies started being born half animals. This is not where I thought this was going at all. I thought this might and be like, a dessert show. They don't know why they started turning half animals. Like literally every baby born after a certain period of time just started becoming half animal. So over under one and a half centaurs. No, they're like there's. I I, I don't want to spoil it because like it is so bizarre. Um, Sounds like there's a lot of centaurs. <laughs> 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 So, um, that's just uh, what is, you know, going, watch it, watch it. And I said earlier in this podcast that Philly looked like they were going to comfortably win game (laughs) five. (laughs) They were up like 25 points and it's now a two point game with one minute and 30 seconds left. Um, You know, you'll know what happens tomorrow, but we are currently watching this while doing pods and recs. And... 
I, you know, maybe scr- don't scratch it, I guess, Peter Corey, leave it in. Um, but yeah, Sweet Tooth on Netflix, it's fucking bizarre. And give it your attention, actually watch it, because there's a lot of stuff going on. It's like kind of predictable, like the little plot lines, but it's still kind of like, what the fuck? All right. I'm going to recommend Hawaiian shirts. Uh, we're about that time of year. It's pretty nice out. Um, you want to get dressed up because you got a nice, uh, you got a nice dinner date or something like that. Toss on a nice Hawaiian shirt. Um, they're roomy, but you can still feel good about yourself because you, or you know, like they, they can hug your arms, they can look good on you, but you usually don't have to size up because they're a little bit baggy in the first place. So you're in a good spot. Um, if you get them, they're nice and light. I got one recently. It was made out of I think rayon. Uh, I don't know, from Chubby's. It's a retro guy. Um, but I would recommend Hawaiian shirts. You you automatically have one button undone. And then, you know, if you really want to go nuts, you can have, like, multiple, like, two, three. Who knows? Um, but it's just a really comfortable shirt, shirt and clothing option. And go get one. You don't have one already. Okay. Um... In the universe, we are just small specks of dust, you know? 100 episodes, who cares? The universe has been around for a long, longer, I, I, I think. I thought we didn't want to piss off the Christians. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend, <laughs> along the lines of Joe's Hawaiian shirt, the ocean. Wow. It, it represents 75% of Earth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you just staring at me? Why you tell me this? Where did you get these stats? It's very... <laughs> it's common knowledge. It's blue like your yeah. eyes. <laughs> uh, when astronauts look down, they see mostly the ocean. Um, <laughs> the ice caps are melting, which is only increasing the volume of the ocean. So it's getting bigger. Get in now. You know, get in on the ground floor. Um, so is the ocean you undergoing go, inflation? You go to the beach, you look out on it, very calming. Uh, you can go swimming in it. There's a lot of fun creatures in there, not so fun creatures. Some could kill you, some could be your friends. Depends on what movies you watch. Um, and yeah, you know, nothing better than a nice little sunset over the ocean or sunrise, depending on what coast of Europe you're on. What's your favorite ocean activity? Uh, I would say body surfing. Big body surfer. Um, yeah, did you want more words? No. Okay, yeah. Looking you ever, at you ever it. Did you go clamming? Uh, gone clamming in the bay. I think it's overrated. What do you think? I've, uh, I don't, it's okay. Just use my feet usually on my friend's boat. Dad just was like, if you feel a clam under your feet, I want it. So. Body surfing's better. I do yeah. like seafood. There you go. Where, where do you think it comes from? <laughs> I'm a seafood eater. I see food and I eat it. Um, yeah, no. Like, good on good on you, I guess, for recommending the ocean. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> what a way to end it. Episode 100. <laughs> dive uh, in, guys. Yeah, dive in. Um, we'll see you next week for episode 101. Please remember to vote for your goatee of the century. And we will see you next week for Dominic DeLeo, Joe DeLera, Terry Takes, producer Corey. Have a great weekend. God bless. All the 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in 